MMA sucker is like porn, but without the naked people and the sex. That's right, folks. We're back for another week of MMA Sucker Radio for your listening pleasure. I am your host tonight, Jeremy Brand, flying solo as Trevor Duick has decided to go AWOL on us. No, no, just kidding. He's uh, got some other things going on, uh, you know, out and about doing his thing. It's summertime. Because he's not here, I'm going to talk about the weather. It's beautiful here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Very scorching hot. Um... This past weekend, we had UFC on Fox 8 go down live from Seattle's Key Arena. Myself and Trevor had the great opportunity of sitting cage side, um, watching some fantastic fights. Many fans did not agree with us that it was fantastic, but uh, I thought it was overall, it was a pretty good show. Um, one fight that the fans were booing um, for the majority of the fight, and Dana White did not think that it was a good fight at all, was Rory McDonald versus Jake Ellenberger. Uh, Jake did absolutely nothing in the fight. Dana White called him out on it in the post-fight press conference. He uh, he 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 pretty much had a nil um, punching average, whereas Rory landed some great jabs, had some good footwork. His movement around the cage was very good. Um, he fought a smart fight. He fought a well-planned-out fight. He didn't want to get in any danger of Jake's power. Uh, he got out of the way when he had to, and and he had a great game plan. So. You know, hats off to Rory McDonald for doing what he did, but it was not the most exciting fight by any means. Um, an exciting fight that did happen on the card, however, was the main event between uh, Demetrius Johnson and John Moraga for the flyweight championship. Um, perfection by Mighty Mouse in this fight. He got hit by maybe one or two punches that, that could have hurt him in the fourth round. But other than that, he landed almost every takedown that he attempted. Actually, I think he did land every takedown that he attempted. Um, he was able to pass Moraga's guard with ease. He was able to land some nice ground and pound. Moraga didn't do anything from the bottom. I was surprised. Um, and Demetrius ended up finishing with an armbar late in the fourth, fifth round. Um, and it was supposedly the... Um, latest finish in a championship fight or main event fight in uh, UFC history. So hats off also to Demetrius Johnson. We'll go into um, more of the UFC on Fox 8 aftermath with our first guest, um, who is Ian Bain from MMA Opinion. We've had him on before. He he likes to talk about the sport of MMA. He uh, has formed himself a nice little Facebook group, MMA Opinion, and and from the, the fans and, and the support that he's gotten off that, he's built a website called MMA Opinion. .co.uk, which you can follow and uh, keep it up with Ian Bain. Also on the show, we have David the Caveman Rickles, who will be squaring off against Michael Chandler for the lightweight championship tomorrow night, or Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this, at Bellator 97. Um, we'll see if the beard man power can can prevail at uh, Bellator 97, as, as Dave the Caveman Rickles likes to call it. But before we get into our first guest... Um, if you're not interested in this Bellator 97 card on Wednesday night, then 
I don't consider you a true MMA fan by any means because not only mentioned as uh, as I mentioned before the the Dave Caveman Rickles against Michael Chandler lightweight championship is the main event. Um, it's also stacked with a light or a welterweight title fight in the co-main event as Ben Askren will attempt to defend his welterweight championship against Andre Koreshkov. Um, I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> uh, and King Mo will also be featured on this card against Jacob No, um, which could be a great fight. It's uh, a tournament bout. Uh, King Mo will look to to gain his way into the finals, I believe. Uh, and it should be a good card. I, I highly suggest this for any MMA fan out there. Uh, and if, you, if you're not a Bellator fan, if you're that pro UFC guy, then, then this might be the card that catches your eye as it's got a lot of excitement on it. You can catch it on Spike TV, you can catch the prelims live on MMASucka.com. Um, but you know, enough bantering by myself. Let's uh, get on with the show. <laughs> He's the man behind one of the fastest growing mixed martial arts websites and Facebook pages around. Please welcome back to the show, MMA Opinions, Ian Bain. Ian, thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me again, Jeremy. It's always nice to talk here. Definitely. Now, first off, jolly old England. What's going down right now? Not a lot, to be honest. We're, we're getting some good weather for once, which you know will probably last about two weeks. Uh, <laughs> Um, and by the sounds of it, we're going to get the UFC back here in October. So I think everyone's excited for that. Definitely. Now, you were on holidays recently and uh, stepped away from the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, I can't imagine doing that myself. But uh, <laughs> first off, just sort of let our listeners know what, what that was like stepping away from something you're so passionate about and, and where you went. Uh, I went to a little island in Spain uh, called Tenerife. Uh, and to be honest, I kind of knew that there would be a UFC event when I was away, but for some reason I didn't think it would be Anderson Silva um, because this is the second time that I went away for vacation and Anderson Silva gets a fight announced, so um, it was a bit crazy. I did keep on top of things a little bit, you know, I had my uh, friends messaging me the, the UFC 162 results, but didn't get to see the fights in Thailand back in England. So what was that like then? I mean, yeah, you got the results and and was it disappointing that you didn't get to watch it, or was it just an, another day in the office kind of thing? Well, well or away from away from the office, yeah, I well, guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, you know, my friends were texting me the results. Um, obviously, we don't get the UFC when it's in North America and South America, Brazil, uh, until you know three a.m. The main card starts. Yeah, so I was getting some messages, and now obviously it was three o'clock, so I fell asleep. And I, I woke up at about uh, 5.30 a.m. and I had a message off my friend saying, Weidman KO'd Anderson. And I, I was half asleep, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know if that was real. Um, so I, I, I had a quick check on Facebook and I actually got to see that knockout because it had been posted on YouTube quickly and someone had posted it. But um, yeah, it, you know, it, it is nice to step away. But I think when you come back, you kind of appreciate MMA more because it definitely plays a big part in a lot of people's lives. Definitely. Now let's get to what the real subject is people want to hear us talking about, obviously, MMA. 
Um, yeah. This past weekend, we saw UFC on Fox go down. Luckily enough, myself and Trevor were down in Seattle for that card. Um, on paper, it looked, at least for a lot of hardcore fans, that it was going to be a decent card, but it, it, it didn't really translate that way live. Uh, what were your thoughts on the card overall? Um, I think there were some good moments on the card, but I agree. I think with the UFC having this deal with uh, Fox to put on so many events, yeah, I think you're going to get two or three really good ones, and there's going to be the odd one out. And, and unfortunately for Demetrius Johnson, it looks like he's going to be the benefactor of you know these weekend Fox cards. And I think I was looking at the ratings, it only pulled $2 million in, um, which is a little bit less than we've seen from the other ones. So it kind of shows you what the UFC are trying to do at the moment with a lot of big stars already announced for big pay-per-views coming up. Yeah, now one of the fights that, that was supposedly big coming into the event was the Rory McDonald and Jake Ellenberger fight. Um, the co-main event, it, it, it got more press and more media and, and everything like that than the main event actually did. And it got absolutely put through the ringer by Dana White after the event. Um, do yes. you think the fight was as boring as many criticized it to be? Well, you know, it's not going to win a, a, a fight of the air contest anytime soon. Um, I kind of understand Rory's game plan, and I think people need to realize that he, you know, he's part of TriStar. Vera Shahabi is a very, very good technical coach who's going to come up with great game plans. Um, and for someone like Jake Ellenberger, you know, Rory couldn't really go in there and start swinging the fences because there would only be one winner on that outcome. Um, I kind of firmly put the blame on Jake Ellenberger because he just didn't seem to have a plan B when Rory started snapping that jab off. Um, and then pretty much Rory from there was able to just coast to a pretty easy win. And what could have been a really good fight just turned out to be, you know, something that I would have probably preferred to have been on the prelims. Definitely, yeah. A lot of people complaining about about both guys on this fight. Rory McDonald being a guy that, that didn't finish the fight, didn't do what he, he, he set out there to do. You know, obviously these two trash talk before the fight. Dana says anytime that people trash talk, the fight ends up sucking. Um, Jake was definitely the one to blame in this one. I, as as Dana mentioned after the fight, that his his punching percentage was literally zero almost. Yeah. And uh, and Rory Rory looked good. His footwork, his jab. Um, he 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 didn't get under any pressure at at all by Jake. And I mean, you can't really put the blame on a guy when when the other guy isn't aggressing. Oh yeah, definitely. And- uh, you know, the, I think Rory ha- has kind of showed in that fight that he has such a beautifully technical jab that I wouldn't be surprised if we see him do it the more welterweight to you know, a big punches. You know, if Rory ever gets to fight Johnny Hendricks, I kind of imagine that'll be the same game plan that he'll try and dictate. Um, but as for, for Jake Ellenberg, I, I was kind of thinking about him today and I kind of still think he's having a little bit of a hangover from the Martin Campman fight. You know, it was the first time he was knocked out. Um, he was, you know, seemingly winning that fight. Uh, and then he followed that up. Jay Harani was very composed, didn't take many big chances. And then even against Nate Marquardt before he did land, he was still being very conscious about not getting in too close and getting hit. And I, I kind of feel like he might be still having a little bit of a hangover from that KO. Yeah, that's a possibility. What do you think's next for these guys? I mean, Rory must have climbed the ladder a bit with a win against Ellenberger because he's still... He's still a top-notch welterweight, and 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 what do you think's next for Jake? I, 
I don't know who I would put him up against. I know Rory. They've they've said names yeah. like they've said names like Robbie Lawler, which is interesting in some ways, but in in other ways, I mean, he's still so far down the ladder that it, it doesn't make a huge difference if Rory beats Robbie Lawler. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. I think for me, I would like to see Jake maybe fight Josh Koscheck next. I think uh, Josh is obviously a little bit on the the waist side of his career as we've seen. He's not what he used to be. He's getting injured quite a bit, but. For Jake, he needs to. Uh, uh, I think he needs to come up with a game plan which isn't just dictated on swinging for the fences. Because it seems when someone comes in there and tries and fights a little bit technically and can get past that, you know, first onslaught that Jake throws, then he kind of has a little bit of a problem. Um, as for Rory McDonald, I think if the UFC hadn't have booked Damian Maya versus Jake Shields, I think him versus Damian Maya would have been a great fight. Uh, we may have seen how good Rory looks on the ground against a very, very good grappler. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Rory McDonald versus someone like Tarek Safiadeen next. Yeah, and obviously Nick Diaz's name would be nice to see in there as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. But you, you know the question with Nick Diaz, when does he actually want to come back, if he does at all? <laughs> exactly. Now, the main event, that fight was that fight was pure perfection on the part of uh, Demetrius Johnson. His takedowns were outstanding. His stand-up was good when it needed to be. He made John Moraga look like an absolute rookie out there. However, today we received the numbers for the salaries, and even though Demetrius Johnson is a champ and won the main event, he was still outclassed by four other fighters on the card. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the flyweights in general, and why doesn't this kid get the respect he deserves? Yeah, I'm a, a huge fan of the flyweight division. I think they've got some of the most exciting fighters, but because the guys are a lot smaller, the, the knockout rate is a little bit lower in that division, so far in the UFC at least, uh, compared to other divisions. So I think, you know, there's a lot of casual fans out there who do just watch MMA for, you know, these wild Ed Herman, Trevor Smith type fights, but uh, you can't deny that Demetrius Johnson is one of the, the top pound-for-pound fighters in the world. He kind of uh, when the UFC announced that four-man flyweight tournament originally, a lot of people just assumed that you know, Joseph Benavidez was going to win that because he was the higher-ranked guy at Bantamweight before that. But Demirius Johnson's kind of out of everyone that we've seen come over from the WEC. He's kind of the guy that surprised me the most, and he's jumped up to a completely different level of what we saw then. And it was nice to actually see him get a finish for once because I think that's what a lot of people criticized him a lot about he was winning fights but he wasn't putting a stamp on them and he definitely put a stamp on uh, John Moraga there definitely he did and uh, many people are talking possibly Demetrius Johnson Joseph Benavides two kind of thing um, we see Ian McCall fight this weekend I don't think with a win he'll get a title shot he'll probably need at least a couple more wins to get in there who would you like to see Demetrius fight next is it is there anyone out there that that the mainstream folks might not know that, like obviously we didn't know John Moraga coming into this, a lot of the people yeah. out there. Um, do you think there's anyone else out there that, that could be up there that might end up getting a title shot before anyone else? Well, I, I do think that it's likely that the winner of Benavidez and Juicia De Silva, or Formiga as many people know him, that will probably be next. But there is another guy who's fighting this weekend that I think is definitely somebody to keep an eye on, and that's John Lineker. Um, we saw in his first fight he was submitted by Luis Gaudino. I kind of feel that was a UFC octagon jitters because in the two performances since then, he has absolutely blown away Yashihiro Urashitani and Azamak Gashimov. And I think it's probably likely that 
if he can string a couple of wins together, they'll probably put him in front of Demetrius at some point. That'd be interesting, yeah, for sure. Now, was there anything else on this UFC on Fox 8 card that sort of piqued your interest that you'd like to chat about? Because myself, obviously uh, that um, Ed Herman, you know that Ed Herman Trevor Smith fight was was fireworks. There were some great great uh, punches in that fight. They stopped each other at, at stalemates and and everything like that. But I mean, is there anything that piqued your interest? Yeah, you know that was a great fight, but. Um... I was very impressed with how Melvin Gillard looked in this uh, fight against Mac Danzig. It was nice to see, you know, in the first round, he was very composed, didn't take any stupid chances, which often lead to him being submitted. Um, and then in the second round, he stepped it up a little bit, like the intensity. And Mac Danzig, you know, when he got knocked down, some of the noises, I'm, I'm sure you probably heard a cage side. I thought he had, you know, punctured Mac Danzig's lung or something crazy like that because them noises were not natural. Oh man, it was scary. Uh, the f- he was on his back. It, it, he was crying at one point. He was screaming. He was grabbing a hold of the referee's legs. I, I, I've never seen live, at least, a person get knocked out like that. Um, I don't know if you have, but it, it was pretty interesting to see live. And there were four people that went to the hospital that night. So uh, that was one of them. They're, luckily, they all came back safe and sound. Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately for Mac Danzig, that's probably going to be his last fight in the UFC. He probably will be getting cut because he's got a, I believe he's got a, you know, a losing record in the UFC. He hasn't really looked great recently. Um, so I, I imagine, you know, to put the icing on that, what was a terrible night for him, he's probably going to receive his walking papers. Yeah, I could, I, maybe not even just the UFC. I could see Mac Danzig possibly retiring after that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, I've heard him on, Obviously, we heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast. He, he kind of seems like he's kind of accepting that, you know, fighting isn't going to last forever for him. And, you know, we're seeing that interest from him. He's a very skilled photographer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Myself and Trevor were chatting on the on the drive home down the I-5 from Seattle to Vancouver there. Just about the, the, the ultimate fighter winners. Um, we saw a couple of them on this card. And, and none of the winners from the show have actu- have really made it to title potential other than, you know, Rashad Evans, um, Forrest Griffin. Uh, Roy Nelson hasn't ever had a championship, but he's looked good. Um, yeah. But, I mean, why is that? Like, do, are they are they not picking the right guys to be on the show? Um, just, I don't know. Well, you know, if you look at the first five seasons, you know, them, the talent pool in those five were very rich you know if you look at the, even if you look at the fifth season with bj penn and jens pulver on there you had like nate diaz graham maynard who have both four for world titles joe Lau's on uh so they've had produced some good talent forrest griffin obviously led the way on the first season um i just kind of think now they've saturated the point of the american and canadian not necessarily the canadian market because they are planning on doing one up there but they've saturated north america a little bit so much so that it isn't just the UFC looking for talent now. We've got Bellator World Series of fighting, picking up you know, great prospects all the time. That usually would have been good for the Ultimate Fighter. So I just think the UFC need to take a step back. Two seasons a year, I think, is a lot for America. Um, you know, It's going to be interesting, this one. We're going to get some women in. I think this season could be one of the best ones for talent produced because it's something new. But, you know, it's just, there's, there's only so many fighters that are going to reach 
a decent level. And the UFC seemed to have already taken most of them in the first five seasons, in my opinion. No kidding. Are you excited at all about this upcoming season? I know we've spoken in the past. You're not a huge fan of reality television. Um, does does the fact that Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate are coaching this? Obviously, there was that preview that came out yesterday or yeah. or on Monday, and and it was it was definitely an interesting one because we saw Rousey quite emotional. Um, does it does it pique your interest? Yeah, I watched that preview. I, I actually do think this season's going to be great. I think. Uh, it's a good chance for all of us to actually find out who Ronda Rousey actually is. We see her as a, you know, a heartless warrior in the cage, you know, going out there armbarring people straight away. It will be nice to actually know a little bit more about Ronda, her coaching techniques, how she trains. Um, I know a lot of people I've spoken to in the last couple of days have insisted that they think Ronda looks a little bit petty on that preview, but you know, I think. A lot of people seem to forget that Ronda Rousey's carrying a huge weight on her shoulders to, to keep women's MMA in the UFC because she is the one who piques the most interest out of everyone. Definitely. Now, tomorrow night or Wednesday, depending on when you're listening, is Bellator 97. It's an absolutely stacked card for these guys. Um, are you a big Bellator fan, and are you excited about this card? Um, I am a Bellator fan. The, the problem for me, obviously, has been them not having a TV deal over here in uh, the United Kingdom. That's since been, uh, you know, sorted out. We've got, we've eventually got it over here, even though it isn't live. It's on tape delay. Um, I'm, I think there's some good fights on this Wednesday, but I do think that all the big favourites probably will win the fights. Um, you know, the, the, you've got to look. The, the only guy I think who may cause a little bit of trouble for one of them is uh, Koroshkov when he fights Ben Askren. I think. Uh, the Russians have definitely, definitely uh, kind of put an input on Bellator. Bellator have done an excellent job coming over to mainland Europe and picking up, you know, all these uh, Rush fighter guys who are, you know, part of Shlomenko's camp. He's definitely been a big part of them signing that. So I think Bellator are doing good, but the talk of a pay-per-view is absolute crazy. So I'm, I'm sure you will agree with me. The Bellator doesn't have enough guys ready for the pay-per-view market yet. That's the thing. I don't know if it's so much Bellator talking about the pay-per-view as it is Viacom because yeah, um, yeah, Dana White absolutely ripped these guys apart at the at, at the media scrum in the after the post-fight press conference and 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 he was throwing out names. He was he was just giving them trash because this whole Quentin Rampage Jackson versus Roy Jones thing is is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, well, that kind of shows you that Bellator don't have any pay-per-view stars when. An MMA company is seemingly going to create a pay-per-view and have it headlined by a former UFC world champion in mixed martial arts taking on one of the greatest boxers of all time in a boxing fight. You would kind of think for them two to fight, Bellator would have been better off trying to make it an MMA fight, not a boxing fight. Yeah, if they want any any um, green in pay-per-view, then uh, yeah. they would they would make it mixed martial arts since that is the promotion they're trying to promote. Um, speaking of pay-per-view, this upcoming weekend we have UFC 163 from Brazil. Um, it's a card that isn't being talked about all that much. Uh, there is a championship fight, obviously. The main event, Jose Aldo versus Chan Sung Jung, the Korean Zombie. Uh, do you give the Korean Zombie any chance in this fight? Uh, in one word, no. I kind of... <laughs> I, I love the Korean Zombie. I think he's one of the most exciting fighters in the world. And he's definitely improved since coming to the UFC. You know, knocking Mark Kominick out. Uh, the win over Justin Poirier, one of the best fights that we've we've seen in the in the lower weight classes. But 
people need to remember this is a guy who was knocked out by George Roop. You know, and no disrespect to George Roop, but that's George Roop. That's all I really have to say about <laughs> that. Uh, and, you know, Jose Aldo's on a completely different planet than anybody at 145 when it comes to striking. So I think Korean Zombie's plan is definitely going to be trying to put Jose on his back. But if Chad Mendes can't get Jose on, you know, on his back, I can't see the Korean Zombie having the wrestling end of it. Yeah, I know, exactly. The co-main event, Lyoto Machida, Phil Davis. Um, interesting matchup. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's a bit of a coin toss for me because if Davis can do um, what he's done in the past and, and put guys on their back and just sort of grind them out a little bit, um, it could be a long night for Machida, but at the same time, he's got such great striking and, and footwork and, and he's able to keep his opponent at bay. Uh, yeah. That Machida might be too much for Davis. I don't. I don't know. I, I. I don't know who to pick in this fight. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm definitely 100% taking Lyoto Machida, and I just want to put this out there: Phil Davis needs to stop even considering the fact that he's anywhere near a title fight. You know, he has not looked great inside the octagon lately. You know, he's beaten, um, you know, two guys really in Wagner Prado and Vinny Magalhaes, who are. You know, borderline top 25 light heavyweights. And now he thinks he's going to go in there and just put Lyoto on his back. I actually think Lyoto Machida is a better wrestler than Rashad Evans, for MMA at least. Um, he's very hard to take down. Although we've, we've not seen many people put him on his back and do anything. And when they have got him on his back, he's very hard to actually keep there. So I think Lyoto might knock Phil Davis out. But if I definitely think he will grab a unanimous decision. Wow. Anything else on the card you're looking forward to before we let you go? Uh, there is one more fight that seemingly wasn't on the main card but has been bumped up with Damian Maya Koscheck falling away, and that's the return of Talas Laters. But I'm more excited to see, obviously, Britain's own Tom Kong Watson because yeah. he's been talking a lot of smack about a lot of different fighters uh, ever since his win over Nedkov uh, earlier this year. Um, obviously, seemingly calling out Vandalay, having a little bit of uh, banter back and forth with Michael Bispin recently. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do against Talas Laters, who actually has done quite well since being cut by the UFC. For sure. What do you think about Brian Stan uh, co-commentating on this card as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what style of commentary he's going to offer. He's a, a very good analyst, um, but I sometimes think very good analysts don't make good commentators. I'm not a particularly big fan of Kenny Florian, but I do think he does a great job at the desk for... Uh, originally for ESPN, but also for the Fuel slash Fox Sports 1 or whatever it's going to be moving forward. Um, I personally would have liked to see the UFC use Frank Mir, but obviously coming up in a, a training camp, I think he's a very good co-commentator, as we saw from WEC. But seemingly it seems like it's just going to be a one-off thing, so I think we'll just have to live with it for one weekend. For sure. Well, a great sure. co-commentator was you tonight. Um, thanks for joining me tonight, Ian. Just sort of give yourself a plug, let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe, um, where they can find MMA opinion and all that other crazy stuff. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at Ian, or at the Ian Bain, should I say. I keep changing my Twitter handle. I can't <laughs> find anything that I, that I think makes me look cool, so it's at the Ian Bain at the moment. Um, on Facebook, we do have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash MMA Opinion, all one word. And do check out our website, uh, www.mmaopinion.co.uk. We've got some cool interviews coming up in the next few weeks, uh, a Russian series as we take a close look at and conversations with some of Bellator's top Russian uh, fighters at the moment. Perfect. Thanks a lot for joining us, Ian. You have a great day.
Brilliant. Thank you for having me. And, and you know, I do really, really enjoy the, uh, the MMA Sucker Radio. Always awesome having Ian Bain on the show. Remember to check him out at mmaopinion.co.uk on the web or on Facebook. Just, you know, search out MMA Opinion. And, and, and there's always some great discussion going on on that on that Facebook page and whatnot. He's got some knowledgeable guys working for him. him he himself is very knowledgeable with the sport. And uh, it's always great to chat with him. Uh, in terms of what we're going to do now, let's just get right into our next guest. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that Rob and me. My team. Joining me on the line right now is one half of the Bellator 97 main event. David the Caveman Rickles will be taking on Michael Chandler for the lightweight championship on Wednesday night. David, thanks for taking the time to do this today, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, I don't mind doing this kind of stuff. I actually enjoy it quite a bit. <laughs> nice. Well, that's that's good to hear, especially the fact that today is Tuesday. It is weigh-in day. Um, you just had your weigh-ins. You text me. We ran in a bit late here. You fell asleep. Um, just run us through what the weigh-in process was like for you today. Yeah, man. I actually had a great weight cut. Uh, I was feeling good, you know. Uh, anyone that watched the weigh-ins could tell I was a little hype, you know, feeling good about myself. And uh, I actually, my buddy always, one of my cornermen always makes me all these drinks and stuff that I drink right after my fights, and I chugged one of them. I think it was too uh, sugary, and it might have just, like, spiked right to my head, but I got this horrible headache, man, and I just I, I had to take a nap, man. So, But I'm feeling great now. Perfect. Now, before we get to your fight, I have to ask you about the beard. Um, that's one thing that's come along quite well, and you're even garnering some serious fan base just because of it. Um, how long have you been growing it out, and, and what's the nature of the beard? Fear the beard, man. I'm telling you, there's just something primal and natural about it. Uh, you know, there's something mean about the beard. You know, it just you can tell somebody's got a little bit of grit to them. Uh, it, it makes me feel a little bit alive when I see myself, you know. And uh, I I think other people see that. Uh, it, yeah, it has been a little bit trendy, you know what I mean? Like, people enjoy, you know the beard thing <laughs> it's really cool like i it's actually really funny man like i get compliments on my beard a lot like and uh, you know i'm not like a good look like me myself i'm an honest person man i'm not like a pretty dude so you know i'm like i like getting compliments on my beard though nice now will you shave it off after the fight or are you just gonna let it keep going for oh, as man. long as you can dude i i pretty it up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> just for my girlfriend basically yeah. but uh you know what i mean like but they i i can't do no facial hair man like it always is pretty bushy there you go now one last question about the beard do you ever worry when cutting weight that it'll add like that extra pound uh it's actually funny you say that all the belter guys were like joking like huh, you're gonna have to uh cut your beard on this weight cut or something you know uh i'm like dude no, no way. They'd have to be the worst wake I ever for me to cut my beard, man. Like, I would just feel so demasculated uh, and just uh, horrible, you know what I mean? So uh, it, it would take a lot for that to happen. 
Now, in your last fight, you were taken down repeatedly over and over again and and looked to be out of the fight in terms of, of position-wise. That was until your crazy flurry at the end of the second round. What were you thinking midway through the round when, when he had you on your back numerous times? You know, I kept thinking, what the hell? This guy's supposed to knock me out. <laughs> Why the hell are we on the ground? And uh, I kept getting frustrated by that, you know. I really thought we were going to end up trading in the fight a lot more. And, then, you know, we'd get into a little bit of training, and then he'd take me down. So I just I think I was getting frustrated uh, and then, you know, I found my opportunity to, uh, you know, you know, get some strikes in and, uh, you know, that's really the caveman way, man, is make it, make it happen, man. Like not every round I've had, I, I would say most all my fights, I lose a round. Yeah. I might, I lose a round and then I win. You know what I mean? Like, so I find a way. I adapt really well. Were you at all worried the fact that he was able to get the takedowns so much that you would lose because of the takedowns? Yeah, oh, hell yeah. During the fight, <laughs> uh, during the fight, I was really worried, man. Like, I was like, what the hell's going on? Uh, you know, why am I on my back so much? And yeah. then I was just like, okay, let's get up. Let's, let's make this happen, man. Uh, so I pulled pulled it up you know i sucked it up and made it happen and it was a beautiful performance and uh for sure now on wednesday night tomorrow night if you're listening to the show on tuesday um you'll be taking on arguably one of the best lightweights outside of the ufc and michael chandler um do you agree that he is that good or are you just not buying into it oh yeah man i think he's that good but you know what the great thing about that is is i believe i'm that good also uh, you know, I think there's a lot of under, uh, like, um, you know, fighters outside of the UFC that don't get the credit they deserve. And, you know, I think I'm one of them. And that's exactly what I plan to prove that, you know, tomorrow is that, hey, look, here's this guy that's also pretty damn good. For sure. He's still undefeated. Uh, Chandler, that is, in his mixed martial arts career. Um, and he'll definitely be your toughest test to date. Uh, what have you done differently during this training camp that you haven't done in your previous camps? Uh, I didn't eat a jar of peanut butter during weight, like cutting weight. Um, <laughs> I've been really good about my diets. Uh, uh, man, honestly, the biggest thing that I've changed is the amount of rounds I've been doing. Uh, you know, I usually, I tra- how I train, man, is, you know, I don't, think there's a huge science to to fighting um maybe there is maybe there isn't but my ways worked pretty damn good so far um i train for how long i'm gonna fight you know so i'll do 15 20 minutes when i'm training for a 15 minute fight i'll do 25 to 30 minutes of you know 100 percent like 100 percent five five rounds you know what i mean so i i push myself for the allotted time that I'm going to be fighting for. And, you know, I feel that if I can do 100% at 25 minutes, then going into this kind of a fight, uh, that's exactly what I need to do for fighting Michael Chandler, man. He pushes a great pace, man. And I think uh, one of the biggest things is, you know, not being afraid of him, man. Like, and I'm not, you know, I'm going to go in there and and fight him for 25 minutes. Yeah. Is it? Will this be your first five-round fight? Yep, this is my first 5-5, man, and I think um, I'm a slow starter anyway, so 
Usually. Usually I'm a slow starter anyway. So, you know, I kind of look forward to it. Nice. Now, one of your sponsors, your main sponsor, is on it. Um, so you must be taking Alpha Brain. The Lucid Dreams, you know, those things are, are, are one of the things that the, the company likes to rant and rave about. Um, I've had some myself. Have you been uh, able to visualize this fight a lot better um, since using this stuff? Man, I'll tell you what. I actually did have a glorious, glorious, livid dream where I was, you know, I, I won the belt, man. It was weird. It was a, it was a dream actually where I was in my hometown and I, and I, I remember that's why I kept thinking, I was like, this fight isn't supposed to be in my hometown, <laughs> but I went out there and I, I beat him up and I won the belt and then all my friends started shooting pit bulls. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> they like were attacking us. So it was like a really weird dream, but it was super vivid. And like, those are the kind of dreams that I have when I, you know, do use my alpha brain and also my, uh, you know, um, uh, what is the the mood? The yeah, new mood. The new mood, new mood. Yeah, man, sorry. Uh, but the new mood is also what I use to help me sleep and the melatonin. So, but I get great sleep off that stuff, man, and uh, that's one of the biggest reasons I really enjoy those kind of a products. So you saw. Yourself- I think sleep is like a huge big factor for uh, how you're going to be able to perform the next day. Definitely, for sure, yeah. Now, you saw yourself finishing the fight and winning the winning the championship. How do you see yourself finishing the fight? TKO. TKO. Uh, early? You know, I early? Yeah. No, no, no. I think this is going to be a I think this is going to be a grueling fight, man. We're both tough guys that don't want to lose. Like that is one thing. I think it's going to be hard to break either of us mentally. So, uh, you know, the and, and you get too tough hammers that want to hammer on each other and no one wants to be the nail and those are the kinds of fights that make great fights so uh that's the kind of thing i expect is us to kind of beat the crap out of each other it's a pretty good analogy right there i like that one (laughs) um now back to on it how did you guys hook up how did how did you get them on board with uh the caveman um i was actually one of their first uh one of their very early MMA athletes. Uh, I don't know how early I, how early I was, but there was a uh, shroom to shroom tech, alpha brain and new mood. Those were the only products when I joined. Uh, and anyone that is an on it fan, you know, knows that they have like hundreds of products now. So, uh, it's been really awesome to see them grow. And like, they're all really awesome too. Like, they're like, Oh my God, man, like you've grown into this guy. That's been, you know, a huge fan of ours and, and vice versa. I'm a huge fan of their products. So it's been really a, a great sponsorship between us two. That's super cool. Now, finally, before we let you go here, um, we ask all our guests this. It's a feature we put up on MMASucka.com called Fight Music. Just give me an artist or a band and a song that gets you pumped up to train or just punch someone in the face. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, some Eminem won't back down. Nice. That get, that just gets you pumped, eh? Yeah, man. <laughs> Actually, some Eminem and some Yellow Wolf. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Yellow Wolf, but it gets me real hyped. No, I'll have to look it up for sure. He's Dave the Caveman Rickles, and he'll be challenging for the Bellator Lightweight Championship this Wednesday night live on Spike TV. Dave, thanks for doing this, and and just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. 
Yeah, man, no problem. Uh, get a hold of me at uh, at the Caveman three one six on Twitter, man. Um, you know, shoot, just be like, hey, Caveman, follow me back, and I'll I'll follow you back. <laughs> nice. Thanks a bunch, David, and uh, good luck. Thank you, bro. Awesome having the Caveman on the show for the very first time. Um, wishing him all the best tomorrow night, Wednesday night against Michael Chandler for the lightweight championship, uh, Bellator live on Spike TV. Um, that's about it for the show. Don't have much else going on. Like to thank our musical guests, the Beastie Boys and Eminem, as well as our fighting guests. Um, well, fighting guest David the Caveman Rickles, as mentioned, taking on Michael Chandler, um, and obviously MMA opinions Ian Bain for joining me tonight. Uh, he broke down this past weekend's UFC on Fox 8 card. Uh, went over a little bit of uh, UFC 163, which goes down this weekend. I'm actually very excited for that card. Um, we'll be hosting the show down at Forum, down on Granville Street here in Vancouver, British Columbia. So if you're in the Vancouver neck of the woods, then maybe you might want to come down, check it out. It's free um, to win some prizes. $10 cover, $12 if it's at the door. Uh, reserve your seat. It always fills up. Uh, we're going to give away some great prizes from good folks of Roots of Fight, um, Fear the Fighter, uh, Torque, and uh, a few others. So should be good. Uh, Jose Aldo, the Korean Zombie main event, Phil Davis versus Leoto Machida in the co-main event, and a bunch of other Brazilian cats on that card. So with that, I'm out. No, nothing beats better taste, and Lucky's taste better. They're cleaner, fresher, smoother, and it's because they're made better to taste better. They're made of fine, mild tobacco, good-tasting tobacco, that always comes to you perfectly fresh, and in a pack that's extra tightly sealed to keep in that fresher taste. Yes, Lucky's are fresher. Or just smoke them and see. Get the better taste you want in a cigarette, and get it fresh. Be happy.